0: Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics podcast. It is Thursday, May 18th, I'm Michael Serapio. Here are the big political stories we are talking about today. The Conservatives bring forward a motion calling on the government to drop its Safer Drug Supply Program and focus instead on treatment. We welcome that in that I think that it's very important that we get the facts out uh, in order to to dispel the, the, the misguided ideological driven policies of of the Conservatives. Pierre Poliev refuses to speak with the Special Rapporteur looking into allegations of foreign interference. And the committee of MPs and former judges will examine the firing of two national microbiology lab scientists in
1: 2021. I'm excited to be able to say that the ad hoc committee with respect to Winnipeg labs Um, uh, we are ready to begin that process. Uh, It's been a long process to get all the parties together,
0: to get the members populated, to get the panel of arbiters. Well, joining us now is Catherine Levesque, the uh, parliamentary reporter with the National Post. Catherine, good morning.
1: Good morning, Michael.
0: Listen, let's begin with this uh, debate uh, on a conservative motion that will happen later today. This motion calling on the Liberal government to to essentially drop its safer drug supply program in Vancouver, although they also mix it up a little bit with the safe injection site. Uh, and they actually want that money uh, redirected into treatment programs only. Why is the opposition picking up on this issue now?
1: Well, I think that's partly the National Post's fault, to be honest. Okay. Uh, because... <laughs> Ladies and
0: gentlemen, you in the back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not my fault in particular, but w- one of our columnists, um Adam Zivo, actually published an investigation last week uh that revealed that many drug users who benefit from this program, um which essentially, you know, for for those listening gives uh, you know, people who are addicted to drugs, their- government-funded opioids because they are safer uh, than what you find on the streets. Uh, so basically, some of these people are actually trading or selling those drugs on the streets to buy fentanyl or other even more dangerous drugs. Now, a reporter from Global News actually tested that claim uh, in Vancouver's downtown east side and showed that, in fact, it is happening quite a bit, and that, va- uh, that reporter was able to buy, uh, you know, 26 tablets of hydromorphone um, in just 30 minutes. So, you know, that was really easy to do. Uh, So that really gave some ammunition to conservative leader Pierre Polyev and his entire party to accuse the government of indirectly funding the opioid crisis in a way uh, by providing these drugs that can then be resold. And it really plays into their narrative that the liberals are too soft on crime. So, Uh, Again, they're calling on the federal government to stop this program directly, to just redirect all the funds uh, to help with recovery and treatment. Uh, But the Liberals say uh, that's a terrible idea. So I think that's what we're going to be hearing today.
0: Okay, terrible idea. Of course, Dr. Carolyn Bennett is the Minister for Mental Health and Addictions. And, you know, she she was uh, scrummed outside the House before going into QP. And she says she is actually looking forward to the debate. So what argument is she making here?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's important to note that Minister Bennett, you know, was a family phys- physician, sorry, for 20 years before going into politics. So, you know, she's actually, you know, she, she's a doctor, she um, she has seen firsthand the impacts of, of drug use and addiction. Uh, so she says that, yes, actually, people are better off using a safe supply of drugs paid for by the government than what she calls a toxic drug supply in the street. So she has repeatedly said that, you know, the government's program right now is it's just about saving lives. And you, you, essentially, you can't send someone to recovery or treatment uh, if that person has died from an overdose because they took that toxic supply from the streets. So, uh, you know, I, I really expect this debate to be quite interesting. I expect Minister betta to say a lot of things. Um, but ho- hopefully, Michael, we'll, we'll hear some numbers and, and facts and, and not just some mudslinging on each side of the chamber um because you know this really is a sensitive topic. Um yes the federal government, you know, I asked Minister Bennett yesterday, well, are, are you aware that, you know, some people just choose to tra- to trade. Or resell the drugs that are given to them by the government. And, uh, you know, she said, well, yes, actually, we're we're aware that it is happening. But she made it clear that is a fairly marginal issue, uh, compared to the 10s of 1000s of lives that were saved in recent years, uh, with the government programs in place.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to, to hear uh, Pierre Poliev on the other part, essentially saying that what they what they are proposing here is just more common sense, get people into treatment instead of giving them a safe drug supply. Uh, although, and I think you hinted at it, you know, we do want to hear numbers because we know that earlier this week, it got really heated in the House of Commons when they talked about this ahead of the conservative motion.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I I think that exchange stayed under the radar earlier this week because there is just so much happening on Tuesday. Uh, But we really saw how divisive this issue can be, Uh, not just, you know, in in Parliament in Ottawa, but, you know, right across the country. So on one hand, there's Pierre Polyev, You know, talking about that global news report that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. asking the government to basically shut the the safe supply program. And Mr. Bennett basically jumped out of her chair, said that she can't allow the Conservatives to take Canadians back to, and I quote, to the failed ideology of the past. She also mentioned that actually one of uh, Stephen Harper's former advisors, Ben Perrin, uh, thought the Conservatives were actually speaking nonsense on this issue um, and, you know, should actually s- stick to the safe supply program. So, But things really took a turn when Pierre Polyev uh, allegedly sh- started shouting that liberals are killing people with their policies and, you know, pointing to Carolyn Bennett. Uh, mm. So that's when uh, Deputy Prime Minister Krista Freeland intervened, said that Minister Bennett is actually one of the you know most respected members in the House, and it is shameful for the Conservatives to accuse her or anyone um, in the government of wanting to kill people. So, you know, like I said, a lot of mudslinging that we saw in the past few yeah, days. Yeah. And so hopefully there is a little bit less of that today.
0: Yeah, a lot of mudslinging because, uh, as uh, the Deputy Prime Minister stood up just to, to say that, she said, you know, to Pierre poliev essentially, you've done nothing but politics. You're a career politician, is how she, she put it. But Dr. Carolyn Bennett has spent years uh, delivering babies and bringing about life. So, some really, you know, yes. strong uh, pushback there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be watching that closely. But, you know, let's stay with the Conservative leader right now because while uh, Pierre poliev takes on the safer drug program, he's also been talking about foreign interference, as we know, for weeks now. But now word that he's refusing to speak with the special rapporteur. Uh, what have you heard about that?
1: Uh yeah, so so Pierre Polyev, as you know, has been very critical of David Johnston in, in his role as the special rapporteur in the past few weeks. Um, because Mr. Johnston has close ties with the Trudeau family, um, but also, you know, was a member of, of the Trudeau Foundation and was was very involved with it so uh poiliev has openly mocked his title uh saying it's a fake job so it really comes as no surprise that he would refuse a meeting with him so what the conservatives said that is that uh essentially david johnston gave him like a 48 hour window to meet with him and their schedules didn't match but let's be honest i mean the other um you know leaders of the opposition were Able to meet with David Johnston, you know, on on their terms. So if he wanted to, he could have. Uh, but really, I, you know, I, I'm told, however, that the Conservatives are, have still been cooperating uh, with Mr. Johnston uh, to a certain extent by providing information and their insights on foreign interference. So there has been some communication in recent days. There is some back and forth, uh, but I don't expect Poiliev, uh, you know, to to meet with John. Or, you know, to go out of his way to have a meeting with him, because really that would go everything uh, that that would go against everything he said in the past few weeks around him. And it would just be very off brand for Mr. Polyev.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and as we know that the window to actually speak with David Johnston is fast closing because his official deadline is is the twenty third of May to to deliver a report uh, to to the Prime Minister. But you know the other opposition leaders uh, from I guess what we've seen have have been cooperative with the special rapporteur.
1: Yes. Uh, so uh, NB- NDP leader Jagmeet Singh actually met with uh, Johnston at the start of the month. Uh, Yves-François Blanchette from the Bloc Québécois did the same thing last week. And, um, you know, even though Blanchette also has been quite critical of Mr. Johnston. So both have the same message. Please recommend a public inquiry. But yes, you're right. The window is closing. Uh, the, you know, he he's about to submit his report in the next few days.
0: Let's stay on security here and a big move forward with a case that really goes back to 2021, Uh, two scientists who were fired from the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg. We still don't know exactly why. Uh, Talk to us about what makes this case so concerning.
1: So look, this has been going on for years. I think it's really the secrecy around this that makes this so concerning. It's what we don't know. Uh, Look, the Public Health Agency of Canada has been extremely tight-lipped on this. The RCMP has also been investigating the matter for like four years now. So um, really, and and they say it's a national security criminal investigation possibly. So, you know, there's a lot of questions right now. All that we know for sure is that two scientists from the Winnipeg lab uh, that the The lab with the highest uh, degree of security in Canada. Um, so, two scientists uh, were escorted out of the out of this lab in July of 2019. Um, but in January 2021, uh, in the midst of COVID, both were fired and their security clearances were revoked. Uh, so, if, of course, there is concern because of one of the close ties that at least one of the scientists had with China's Wuhan Institute of Viro- Virology. Um, she arranged the shipment of dangerous pet and viruses and made several trips to Wuhan. So there were a lot of questions about that, you know, knowing Mm -hmm. that, you know, It's this is claimed to be the place of origin of COVID-19, but there is no link between, you know, her and uh, the the start of the virus. Uh, But this scientist also collaborated with military scientists in China and actually had one researcher from the People's Liberation Army of scientists with her in this lab in Canada. So really, this raises a lot of questions about, you know. Chinese foreign interference, but also maybe some meddling, possibly, in our scientific affairs. Um, and But ultimately, we really want to know what happened for them to get fired. I think that is our main question right now.
0: A mm-hmm. uh, big question. Uh, as you say, of course, Wuhan coming up uh, the lab there uh, during the whole uh, start of the pandemic, although, uh, you know, still back and forth as to how conclusive and conclusive that is, but uh, detection at the very least. So as we talk about this, then, Catherine, what are you watching out for?
1: Um, so I'll be looking to see if we get answers to what actually happened or, or why the government went through such lengths to try to bury this. Because if you you might remember, Michael, that actually in the process of trying to get the documents, actually the speaker of the house um, was taken to court by the government, you know, in an attempt to get documents related to this affair. So, uh, but ultimately I think the bigger question is, you know, was this a lack of judgment from the scientists, um, or was this a simple mistake, you know, that led them to being, uh, arrested and, and, you know, kicked out of the lab and fired, um, or is this part of a bigger problem related to national security, which in that case is very, very concerning. So, uh, look. I mean, the members have just been named for for this ad hoc committee. Um, they will have access to some documents, but at, at the same time, they are sworn to secrecy. So I don't know how much information will actually filter, will get to our ears. Uh, but I think it would be really important that the government, you know, at least shed some sort of clarity on this issue after so many years.
0: Yeah, well, as you say, so many years, so many questions still unanswered. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate it for a, a Thursday morning as we head to uh, the end of the week. Really nice speaking with you.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Michael.
0: Okay, take care. That is Katrina Novak with the National Post. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Conrad Yakabuski argues Francois Legault's anti-immigration crusade is coming back to bite him. He writes, Francois Legault's attempts to use identity politics to fire up voters appears to be playing into the PQ's hands. Delegates to the CAQ convention have approved a resolution calling on Ottawa to give Quebec control of the temporary foreign worker program, a far cry from the sweeping immigration powers Legault promised to fight for during the last election campaign. Now, PQ leader Paul Saint-Pierre Plemendant is arguing that Legault's failure to obtain more power over immigration from Ottawa is more proof that independence is needed to assure Quebec's cultural survival. Legault weaponized the immigration file to win power in 2018 and again in 2022. It would be more than ironic if the issue ends up becoming the CAQ's undoing, as the PQ lives to fight another day, if not another referendum. At Policy Options, Emily Foster argues backbenchers are the first victims of the party line. She writes, political parties have become machines for centralizing power and controlling the message. They sell themselves like a product and are on a permanent campaign. This phenomenon is not new, but it has a downside. The private member, crushed by the control of communications and the party line, is losing more and more power in our democracy. It is true that the public votes for a political party more often than for the person who represents it in any given riding. But party solidarity often means complete silence from the backbenchers. Parties need to remember that they are in the business of politics, not marketing. Debate is healthy, necessary, and should be encouraged, even if it means losing a few votes in the next election. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister remains in Asia ahead of the G7 meeting in Japan. The Deputy Prime Minister, Christopher Freeland, will hold a roundtable with local small business owners before making an announcement today. The Conservative leader Pierre Poilievre will take part in a press conference for the introduction of a bill aimed at strengthening the rights of victims of crime. Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne and the International Trade Minister Mary Ng will travel to Washington, D.C. to take part in a North American semiconductor conference. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibot will be in Gatineau, Quebec, to announce an investment under the Supply Management Processing Investment Fund. And the Justice Minister, David Lametti, he will speak before the Senate Committee on Legal and Constitutional Affairs. That is CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, May 18th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Michael Serapio. Have a great day.